welcome in to another new podcast from the Association for Materials Protection and Performance. My name is Ben Dubose, and I'm a staff writer with Codings Pro Magazine. Today, as we continue our Codings Pro interview series, we're speaking with Ross Boyd, founder and CEO of TrueQC, and actually one of our recent authors in the March web issue of Codings Pro. You can find it at codingspromag.com. He wrote a nice article called Digitalization for the Codings Industry, and he's going to be on our podcast today to talk about that and a wide range of other topics related to the digitalization initiative. Ross, good morning. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me, Ben. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Glad to have you on. And I think a good place to start is with your bio. I was reading it beneath your article. And well, for starters, you're a graduate of the University of Missouri, Columbia. I mentioned that because so am I. And I think this is the first time that we've had two Mizzou Tigers on the podcast. So glad to have you from that perspective. But in terms of your professional expertise, everything you've done since Mizzou, what's sort of your background industrially and where you're company, because I know you're sort of process digitalization, compliance software, where does that fit in with the overall codings ecosystem? Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, so I started in the codings industry about 14 years ago. I worked for an uh, industrial paint contractor, industrial codings contractor based out of St. Louis, Missouri. Um, they were looking for a way to better kind of stay compliant with all of the QP, QS, and QN regulations or requirements from SSPC. And so Really, the, the thought and the premise behind TrueQC was compliance um, driven from the industrial coatings industry. Um, like I said, I've been in the market in the industry for about 14 years. Ten of those uh, is with TrueQC. Um, so started the company about 10 years ago, and, and here we are. Um, I'm also, I was the uh, vice president of SSPC Board of Governors, mm -hmm. uh, and I now serve on the AMP C6 board as well. So I think a good place to launch the discussion just give us an overview of what digitalization is to you and why it can be a little bit broader than just software. Yeah, so so for a lot of people, um, there's, a, there's a couple terms that get confused and kind of mixed up. Um, digitization is digitalized or digitizing a form. So a mm -hmm. PDF document or an Excel document or a Word document, it, it's still better than, you know, the old fashioned pen and paper. But um, typically those documents are kind of they're rigid. The data is kind of locked within them. You can't do much with them. They're, they're nice because you can put them into a, uh, a server or a folder on your computer instead of a file folder in your office that takes up a bunch of space. Um, but you really can't gain anything from the knowledge that those reports or those documents house. Digitalization, on the other hand, is a is a tool that allows you to really unlock all of the potential from all of the data and all of the interactions and all the effort and work that's happened within those documents. So the ability to actually utilize that information for process improvement or for learning or for predictive analytics or business intelligence is really the difference between digitalization and simply digitizing a former report. So within digitalization specifically, what does it mean for the coatings industry? Can you give some examples of how it can benefit different roles of people in our industry. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there's a QCQA process. So as I'm as I'm doing, I'm a contractor in the field or I'm a third party inspector and I'm taking readings. I'm taking them and I'm, I'm comparing them against specifications to make sure that I'm compliant, to make sure that I'm within spec as mm -hmm. I'm doing the work. Um, that's great. There's value in that documentation, but I look at the document and then I hand it to the supervisor or to my owner or the owner's rep or whomever. They review the information, say, yeah, this is good. And then it kind of goes into a file that's never looked at again. It's just kind of lost forever. 
the beauty of digitalization is, is now three years from now or five years from now, there's a failure on that exact part. Now there's a way to say how many times on Wednesdays after 5 p.m. when we had this DFT range with this coding type, did we have a failure? There's a way now to kind of unlock the potential and all of the benefit of that data that was typically just kind of cast aside. And now there's a way that we can look at it across time and say, you know, how often is this happening? When does this happen? Is it a coding issue? Is it an application issue? Um, is it a is it condition issue? So there's really a ton of benefit that really hasn't been utilized until now within the coding market. So from your article, I'm reading, and this was, again, published in March in our Codings Pro web issue, codingspromag.com, digitalization of the codings industry. We're talking with Ross Boyd, founder and CEO of TrueQC. You mentioned when trying to ensure that your initiative is successful, there's basically three keys that you need to be looking for in your solutions. Uh, field adoption, configurable solutions with a focus on standardization, and expanding with your business. Can you elaborate on those three criteria and what it is that a contractor should potentially be looking for, or, or really anyone in the codings industry for that matter? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm gonna start, I think, with the one that's most important. Um, and that is that is adoption. So mm-hmm. adoption can kind of be, be thought of in a bunch of different ways, but traditionally digitalization has been like a top-down driven initiative. So some executive or some senior management have a ERP da- database or a CRM database or some sort of accounting software that they need to feed data into so they can get their business intelligence and get the information that they need. Um, those efforts typically fail because they're built for those kind of end users or the top top level users. Not It's not built from an operational standpoint. The, the software that goes along with it doesn't work the same way the field actually executes their work. So instead of complementing the work and kind of benefiting the operational level folks, it acts as a as another task. It's just mm-hmm. another thing I have to do now is put information into another system or database. For us, we believe a bottoms-up approach is more valuable and, and works better. So meeting with the folks, the boots on the ground, the people that actually execute the work, talk to them about how they do their work, um, build and configure a solution so it works the way that they do. So it's not a hindrance, it actually enables them and works the way that they do. So it's not an extra step, it actually helps them with their steps as they're doing it now. Mm-hmm. I think it's critical to digitalization in the new age. I think that's the way that you actually can achieve some success. The other ones are kind of additional points to that. So a lot of times people get with, wrong with software is they think it's static. So I can't wait until the software is done and we can implement it and then we can just move on with production and move on with our work life. The reality is there is no done. Um, compliance requirements change, standards change, uh, governing bodies change. And when those things happen, you need a solution that can stay agile and adapt with those changes, not be rigid and kind of stuck in the in the old mold or with done or good enough. So instead of hoping for done, just kind of expect or anticipate that there is no done and the software and the compliance solution you use should always be able to evolve and not be rigid. As far as looking for a partner when you're starting this process, what are the questions that someone in the industry should be asking? What, If there's a checklist, if you will, what are the items that they should be looking for as they're making decisions at sort of the start of this journey? Yeah, number one, I mean, there's enough, there are enough digitalization companies that are around now that, that you should look for one that's proven. Um, one that's had some experience, had some success, 
that's done this for for a good amount of time and has uh, has some experience in the market or with some expertise in what with what you're doing. I think is number one. Um, I think you should also look for someone who is focused on digitalization. So someone who's focused on delivering success to you, whatever your whatever you define success as. Somebody that's, that's driven by that and not looking to sell some sort of an, uh, ancillary service or ancillary product in mm-hmm. addition to this digitalization service. So you see that sometimes where, where people sell or give away a digitalization service just so that they can sell some other service. Um, I think you should look for someone that specifically is trying to help you with the, the digital challenge that you're, you're dealing with at that time. Um, thirdly, I think you should look for a partner that doesn't have a conflict with whatever legacy database or systems that you have in place. So um, looking for a system that's agile, that can integrate with your current uh, accounting database or your current ERP solution or your current asset management database. Mm-hmm. Um, having someone that's flexible and easily can, can kind of adjust to those uh, is something that's really important. You shouldn't have to change all of your back office systems just to kind of you know, achieve the benefit of a, you know, of a tablet or a digitalization solution. When you have meetings with clients, what's some of the feedback that you hear from them? For example, if you have someone that's sort of starting down this path and asking questions of you all, what are sort of the, the common themes, if you will, of what they're looking for and basically what they need out in the field? I think the biggest driver is, is, is a lot of our customers are looking to eliminate non-value-added work. Okay. So an example would be uh, you're out in the field, you're doing your production work, you're, you're, you're completing the project as you're supposed to do. Um, a digitalized process, a fully digitalized process shouldn't disrupt that. It shouldn't be another step. It shouldn't be a second thing that you have to do or an additional task that, is, that you're not driven by. Uh, it should just kind of feed in or work within the way that the work gets done. So I think that's kind of number one is people don't want a disruption. They don't want it to drop everything that they're currently doing and then relearn a new system or a new process. Uh, they want the process to stay the same and the software solution to kind of integrate with that. I think eliminating non-value-added work is maybe the number one driver that we hear. Um, secondarily, uh, it's how to piecemeal it. So when you think of digitalization, you think of this giant task that's for safety and for uh, QC compliance and for accounting and HR and all these different things. I think it's important to understand that if you have the right partner and you have the right software, you don't have to eat the apple in one bite. You can break it off piece by piece and kind of let it organically grow. Um, so a challenge that a lot of people face is they try to do this broad, huge implementation across all of their users, all of their people, across accounting and HR and all these different you know, groups, which make it really cumbersome and difficult. Most of our clients are looking for a way to, to start with digitalization in some sort of a incremental way. How do we just do QC so that I can stay QP uh, certified? How can we just do accounting to make my, my timesheet and my expense reporting a little easier? Mm-hmm. By breaking up in that way, I think is really what customers are looking for. Maybe they're challenged to even know that, that that's a possibility. So um, we hear that a lot as well. So I'm reading from your bio. You've been an active member of SSPC for over 10 years. You've been a member of the Board of Governors for the past four, and you're now on the board for the Association for Materials Protection and Performance, or AMP. When you look at sort of your journey over the past decade plus, what's been the biggest change? What's different in 2021 relative to 2011 when it comes to sort of, I guess for starters, the acceptance of digitalization in the codings industry and 
how have the needs or desires evolved over the past decade that you've sort of been uh, overseeing this transition? That's a, that's a great question. Um, I would say the change is huge. Uh, you know, when we started in this market, um, it wasn't even called digitalization. We were looking to just make it easier, like I keep saying, to eliminate that non-value-added work. How do we just make it easier for these folks in the field who are great at production to get their job done um, and not be so, you know, uh, have such of a, a problem with this documentation? That was where it was driven by. Mm -hmm. It's kind of morphed into this digitalization. How do we actually benefit from this data and all these different um, these learnings that can be achieved? Um, I think, especially with the new merged organization, the the way that the owners, um, the big petrochemical owners, the U.S. Navy, the Navy contractors, the way these large organizations have embraced digitalization and kind of made it a requirement now for mm -hmm. contractors, manufacturers, and such, um, it's a requirement now that those folks integrate or kind of accept and embrace digitalization. So you're kind of seeing a, a full-blown um, change or metamorphosis across the industry to mm -hmm. move toward digitalization. And, and you haven't really felt it. It's just kind of happened the entire time, and it's not been a, an overt hit you over the head with it. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the owners uh, in this industry are really kind of driving it and forcing it now in a way that you know wasn't as loud previously. You mentioned that a lot of the larger asset owners are basically requiring it. Of course, there's a trickle-down effect to all of the coatings industry, contractors, suppliers, all the various niches. Within the coatings industry service providers, is there a difference between the large and the smaller companies? You're talking about the large asset owners that sort of have that requirement in place now. Is it something in the industry itself where the larger companies are moving faster than your mom and pop shops, or is it kind of standard across the board? Yeah, I think I think you're seeing both sides. Um, okay. You know, the mom and pops, the mom and pops can utilize digitalization to just be more efficient, right? By cutting down on that non-value-added work, by making it easier to not redundantly enter your timesheet information or redundantly enter your expense report information from a piece of paper into an Excel document, into an accounting software, into, you know, a payroll software. Those are four steps. By Digitalization would, would flatten that, make it very, very simple across. So for a smaller company, these benefits, when they don't have a lot of folks and a lot of uh, resources and personnel, uh, could be major, major wins for a small price. You know, so I think for mom and pop, that there's a ton of efficiencies that can be gained. For a large asset owner, they see the value of the data. So traditionally, uh, when a contractor or a third party or even internal resource would fill out one of those field documents, an inspection report or something like that, um, you see them filling it out and then they hand it to an admin. The admin goes in and then pumps it into a third party, you know, a third uh, database. They, they manually mm -hmm. enter it into the system. Um, now with digitalization, these companies are waking to the fact that it's not necessary to go through all these these steps. The data can be provided in a way that's meaningful to them, that they consume, that they can consume the way that they want. And you're seeing them ask that of their inspection companies and their their, their contractors. It's it's more of a, an overt, hey, can you get me the data this way? And I think it's definitely a competitive advantage for the contractors or inspection firms or coding manufacturers that can say, yeah, no problem. I think that makes sense. I want to switch gears a little bit and do some rapid-fire personal questions. We do these with each of our podcast guests on the Codings Pro interview series to try and give our listeners a little bit more sort of insight into who our guests are and to learn a little bit more about them. So I'll start you with, and this can be an answer from your life or it can be within the industry, uh, who's someone that's been a mentor to you on your journey? 
I've been really lucky. Um, you know, when I started in the coatings market, I, ne- I didn't have any coatings experience. I didn't mm-hmm. think I would have. Uh, it, I never thought this was going to be a career. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to answer the question the way that you want, unfortunately. But I, there's, a, there's a few names that really have come to mind um, that, that have helped me along the way. Um, Don Thomas, what with Thomas Industrial Coatings, is kind of the was the impetus for this this idea and kind of what drove it. Um, Del Doyle was the one mm-hmm. from NACE, former NACE president, that said, you know, you got something here. Um, Ken Trimber, Steve Cogswell, I, I hate naming names, Robin Fry. There's been a bunch of folks that have really helped me in my journey. Um, and I don't think I'd be here without their help, you know, during this process. So um, unbelievably grateful to all those folks and, and many, many more that I've forgotten along the way. No, I think that's good. Uh, no problem at all. And I think, especially with you, your niche is sort of unique. So I, I think with you, it definitely makes sense to sort of spotlight those that sort of helped you get started since, again, you're not exactly from a very traditional coatings background. So I think those that sort of saw the value early on, yeah, it's important to sort of spotlight and name some of those that saw the value in this because certainly in 2021, it's definitely a trend. Um, I'll go to the other extreme. What's something of yours that's a pet peeve? You know, I, th- I think that Pet peeve might not be the right word. I think it's just um, resistance to change or um, mm. fear of change is, is something that you can kind of see in this market. You know, it's very, this is a small group, a relatively small group, small industry. Um, and I think the resistance to change is, is loosening, but it's still it's still kind of there. So I would say the biggest pet peeve is are folks that just kind of want to keep doing things the same way that we've been doing them forever, whether or not it's the, it's the right thing to do. I think that's my biggest pet peeve. And finally, when Ross Boyd is not talking coatings and it's not talking digitalization, what's one of your hobbies? What's something that you might do tonight or this weekend? Uh, I've got two little boys. I've got a nine-year-old okay. Brennan and a, and a six-year-old Beckham. Um, I love going to their sporting events, hockey, basketball, baseball, um, practices, games, anything I can do uh, with those guys in my spare time is, is what I'm doing. So I absolutely love hanging out with the, the boys. Yep, that definitely sounds pretty fun. I'm a huge sports guy myself, so I can definitely <laughs> relate to that. Finishing up here with Ross Boyd, founder and CEO of TrueQC. Ross, before we wrap up the podcast, is there, first off, anything that you wanted to convey that we have not already discussed to our audience as far as digital, digitalization and the coatings industry? And secondly, for anyone listening that's curious to learn more about you or your company, what's the best way that they can potentially access more information from you guys? Yeah, no, I just uh, I wanted to thank you again for having me on here. Definitely appreciative of yourself and uh, Coatings Pro for giving me the opportunity to chat. Um, if anybody wants to get a hold of us, it's uh, truqc.com. Um, they can also email me directly at ross at truqc.com. Um, if you're not sure where you fit in this digitalization journey and you just want to talk to someone, I think that's really where we, we specialize as well. So, uh, you know, there's no cost to give us a call and, and chat about what your situation is, what you're looking to do, or, you know, maybe what opportunities might be there for you. So, um Happy to talk anytime anyone wants. Please feel free to reach out anytime. And the website is truequcapp.com, correct? Yes, or just truequc.com. Either one works. Oh, okay, cool. That sounds good. All right, well, folks, this is where we will wrap it today. Again, you can access TrueQC there. As far as us at AMP and Codings Pro, AMP.org is the website for the new association, the combination of NACE International and SSPC, the Society for Protective Coatings. And, of course, Codings Pro Magazine. You can find that at codingspromag.com. 
com and Ross's article from the March digital issue entitled uh, Digitalization for the Codings Industry. You can find it there, and I'm also going to be attaching it as a link in the summary wherever you're listening to this podcast. So to find out more from Ross, of course, you can go to their website, you can reach out to him, but you can also read the article. I think there's some very useful information there as well. With that, I'll sign off. For Ross Boyd, I'm Ben DuBose. Thanks so much for listening, and please come back soon for another new episode in our ongoing Codings Pro interview series. Calling all Codings contractors. We have a great resource for you. Codings Pro Magazine provides you with the latest news, trends, and technologies for your coding needs. And the best part? It's completely free to anyone who signs up. Simply visit CodingsProMag.com slash subscribe. Codings Pro. Know what the pros know.